So, hello and uh, welcome back to Do The Franchise with uh, Jake. And James. I had to check that. I was confused of who I was there. And I almost introduced myself as my of you. <laughs> <laughs> Just two Jameses. That uh, would be terrible. It, well, it would be, it'd be different. <laughs> <laughs> How are you, James? I'm good. I'm good. Good. I'm on the wine, just so you know. I think we might need it. Yeah, honest. Oh, fuck me. I need the wine. Seriously, <laughs> I am on. I am on wine at the moment. It too fast, too furious. It, that is this week's film. If we can do you call want it to a just, film. do you want to just start me off? Because I feel like you probably have more to say about this than me. In fact, no. What I'll do, I'm going to start you off with the professional bit for the listeners, oh, and yeah. then we'll do the the James bit. Um, Directed by John Singleton, released in 2003. Um, phew, that's a long time ago. It's been given an, an out of think out of 10 IMDb, 5.9 out of 10. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes have given this an audience score of 36%. Ooh. What do you think? Uh, I think even the audience are probably being generous. <laughs> 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 oh, right. Uh, sh- shall I start now with with? Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm going to take. Everyone back to the beginning of my Too Fast, Too Furious experience. Go on. I have the misfortune of owning (laughs) this film on DVD. And I've put my DVD into the DVD player. And I'm greeted with a screen that asks me to choose whose car I want to ride in. What? Yeah. Whose car do I want... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so, so you know how there's like a yellow car and a purple car in the film? Throughout the film, yeah. The ones yeah. that the cops give them, yeah. yeah. Now, bearing in mind, I've not seen the film at this point. I have right. no idea what the yellow and purple car mean, but I get to choose between them. <laughs> and I'll be honest with you, I was faced with sort of analysis paralysis at this point because I didn't know which one to choose and would it affect the film that I saw so, did, so, do you have a different version of the film on each car then, or is it? Is it the, I, sorry, is it the same film or what? I'm confused. I'm assuming it's the same film, but once you've just chosen, a different logo, <laughs> once you've chosen the car, you then get to choose to watch the film or watch oh. a little prelude followed by the film. Now, I just right. wanted to keep in line with what I assumed you were watching, so I just watched yep. the film because I figured yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. at an hour and forty-five, it was probably long enough. Anyway, yeah, I've got mine. I think mine's on. Um, it's on Now TV, so I've been watching it through Sky. Ah, um, okay. I mean, I mean, I'll just go right with it. With it, it opens with some very gangster-related vibes. Quite like the opening. They kind of like twist the Universal logo into a thing. That was quite cool. Um, and then they're closing Miami, James. Miami is closed, um, which is I'm pretty sure impossible. It's and quite a big place. The girl, um, there's a girl who pulls a brush out of a guy's hair. And I'm just going to call her 42 because that's the number that's written on her top. So she's a terrible actor, 42. Yeah. And she, she rips the comb out of his head and she's like, oh, damn. And then he goes, oh, damn, girl, what you doing? And I was like, oh, God, we're back. Yeah. Oh, and the, the, this is all to set up the, the, the scene of uh, another illegal race. But this yeah. illegal race has rules. <laughs> they need four people apparently to Yeah, to so race. they have a buy they have a buy-in and they need four people and they haven't got a fourth person, so Ludacris, who's there yeah. for some reason, I-, I guess it's because he was quite a popular rapper at the time, two thousand and three. Anyway, Ludacris is also there with a uh with, with a ludicrous haircut, I'm gonna say that. <laughs> and he's got a comb sticking out of his head and he uh, he says, I've got a guy, and uh, cue Paul Bryan. Paul Bryan, is that what we're calling him now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. uh, my, my notes to this point is it, Paul Bryan makes his entrance, and yeah. one of the other characters just yeah. says, shit, it's Bryan. And at yeah, this point... I like that bit. <laughs> Ludacris gives Paul Bryan four minutes to get to the race. I thought that was an oddly specific and re- relatively quite a pedantic number to give somebody when they just got out of bed. Yeah, and Bryan instantly takes this opportunity to raise the stakes because he wants to earn more money, which... He does, yeah. You can understand. I, I, want, to know, I want to know what Ludacris's plan was if Bryan had gone to voicemail. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, who, who like, else was he Would he have call? rang Vin Diesel? Let's just get it out there. Vin Diesel is not in this picture. He's not in this uh, film. He's not even mentioned by name. Yeah, 
No, I agree. I thought that was weird, didn't you? Is that like some sort of contractual thing? It must be. Because I imagine he must have had to have been paid money. Because this is the yeah. man who's worked out how to get paid money for saying, I am Groot. So, <laughs> yeah, he's a clever bloke. Yeah, because they don't even refer to him as Domed or anything, do they? There's no mention of Don Toretto in just, this film. Just a guy or just his a guy. mark. You know, it's it's never... Yeah. yeah it's never... Uh, when Brian raises the stakes, one of the yeah. other drivers says, hey, no one said anything about raising stakes, but immediately <laughs> has enough cash... It, yeah, it wrapped doesn't up have in to a, a ward. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> doesn't have to go uh, anywhere else. Doesn't he's come with the exact amount? Thirty-five large, I believe. Love it. The exact I amount, love it. and they all have the exact amount in a rubber band. Yeah. Despite not knowing that that's how much oh, the yeah. stake was going to. This is like when they brought just enough cars in the last film <laughs> for the smaller <laughs> group of people that they had. I. That is. It's weird, isn't it? Do you notice as well, when Brian shows up in his car, um, it does that thing that Vader's shuttle does in Empire Strikes Back. It sort of blows smoke out the sides. <laughs> I didn't really understand what that was about. I and don't then, know, but so, that happens a lot in this film. Cars seem to... Yeah. Because, obviously, the, you know, nitrous oxide stuff was big in the last film. It's, yeah, it's, it's still big. They've doubled down on it this time. They, oh, yeah, 100%. It, uh, it produces rainbows... Yeah, it does. It fires out of the back of their car, and when they press the nitrous oxide button, the cars go into what I can only describe to listeners as warp speed from Star Trek. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Did you get that? It was so strange. Like you've got these rainbows that happen outside their window because they've pressed yeah. the nitrous button. I don't. I, yeah. Yeah. I I I didn't quite get that. Um, it is odd, isn't it? It's a bit like the bit where Doctor Strange gets transported through the multiverse at about a billion miles an hour. That that's kind of what they do. Like they soup up and. And they transcend time. That would be a really good plot for this film, actually. If they could, like, press a button on the car. And it's a bit like Back to the Future. It goes so fast that it goes through a portal. And then they can just reverse the the, the, the car. And then Paul has to meet himself. I mean, I'm, I'm going to start writing a script, James. I feel I, like I'm getting to that point now. I, I'm starting to believe that the films, as we get on, probably get to that point. Oh, yeah, 100%. <laughs> I mean, this, 100%. This, this speediness, you know, I get it. We, we, we need to make sure that people know these cars are going quickly because yeah, that's the whole yeah. point. Too fast, too oh, furious. Yeah. The, too furious, yeah. The, the way it's done is a million cuts between someone's eyes shifting left to right to the wheels yeah. spinning back to someone's <laughs> eyes shifting left and right, back to the, the wheels. Don't forget the foot of the pedal. Yep, foot on the pedal. And yeah. at this point, I have no idea which direction they're driving in. Is it still just a straight line? <laughs> I couldn't yeah. work this out because they seem to yeah. come back on themselves. So at the they end. seem to they seem to go down a road and then they go around a bin a lot of the time, or they go and they turn and then they come back on them. It's just up and down. But um, yeah, it's it's really odd. They do the they do the thing at the beginning. Paul Walker shows up anyway. It's Brian, Paul Brian. He looks younger in this one, I thought, than he did in the last one. Yeah. Um, he swerves off course and a guy looks like he's about to crash into a lorry, but then he doesn't and you don't see what happens to that car. <laughs> so I was sorry. I actually rewound that so I could see if he hit the... And it doesn't happen. Nothing happens. He just kind of goes into some lorries and then it cuts. I... And then we meet uh, we meet Suki, who is a what my missus described as a schoolgirl. She's like, why are they hanging around with a kid? I was like, I think she's an adult. She has a driving license and she's Asian, but she's kind of in the gang, but not... Um, to be honest, I like her a lot. I wish the film was about her. She was great. She does this bit as well when they're um, flying up the top of the bridge and she says something like, uh, I'm trying to see if I've got it written down somewhere. She says something like, kiss my ass. Or smack, no, smack that ass. And she yeah. shouts it really loud when she's going over the bridge. I'm like, who's she talking to? I, I don't know. I, that, that whole bridge scene where you know Paul Bryan wins by... Going higher and over the top of somebody, yeah. I just, I don't, yeah. I don't think physics works that way. But I'm starting to Did think you... that physics is out the window. <laughs> oh, 100 percent. Did you get the Pepsi product placement bit when the car crashed into the Pepsi sign? I enjoyed that. Yeah, that was good. That was this good. thing. This this film does that thing where it's that odd visual effect shots that switch from car to car and, and switch from person to car to the car behind, and it when it does that. I don't know about you, but for me, it kind of loses a sense of realism that it otherwise kind of had, where it, it takes you out of the film. And it was very typical of any movie that was sort of made post-Matrix, where yeah. they kind of all did this thing where it wasn't enough for a character to jump. 
off something or drive through something. They had to sort of jump and do a backflip and then the camera had to flip with them. Yeah. And I just think the camera movement, camera movement, and I'm going to be a nerd here, but like camera movement should be the way that you see and perceive something. It shouldn't be that the camera is, is there. You shouldn't know there's a camera there. We should be watching Paul Bryan driving and the shots should be so that we don't even know we're watching him we're in it do you know what i mean we should be in that car with paul bryant yeah but when they when they do things like when they flip the camera upside down on itself or they follow a car and the camera does a flip yeah i know it's a camera doing a flip so it completely takes me out of the film do you know what i mean yeah it completely warps my i'm like oh it's a camera flip why are they doing a camera flip why I'm... am i talking about cameras i'm supposed to be watching a film I watched the thing, it was... Um, so it, frustrating. Because we're not going to have too much to say about the film, so I don't mind detouring slightly mm. on this one, but um, a YouTube channel called Corridor Crew, they're a bunch of VFX mm. guys that review other VFX that have been done in films. I, I've seen them, yeah, they're and they, great. they did a comparison between the original Pacific Rim and the newer one, and mm. their main complaint was the camera movement. In the original yeah. Pacific Rim, it was yeah. done from the perspective of someone on the ground looking up. It was always very sort of a motivated camera, like it could have been a person exactly, watching yeah. it. Exactly, that, yeah. That kind of effect, when you're looking up at something, it's similar in the film Cloverfield. Like That is the way you would see it if it was in real life. Because yeah. you're not going to be above it, flying above it. Exactly. Unlikely, then, as, as a bystander, you're going to be down on the on the ground looking up. So, I, yeah, I think that yeah. cameras, the camera has to be, from the perspective of, of something that gives it a sense of realism, for me anyway. So, on that point of realism, mm. the police in this film have car tasers. <laughs> yeah, they they shoot <laughs> some sort of EMP onto the... Are they standard issue in Miami Police Department? I have no idea. I was watching... That's amazing. I, at first, I had no idea what was going on, and then I saw like there was that sort of clamp thing. I was like, oh, he's, he's, he's tasered yeah. the car, and that somehow yeah. turns off all the electrics. Um, <laughs> the best thing about that, right, is they do it again at the end, and by that point, my wife Natalie had got home from work, <laughs> so when it happened at the end, I was sat watching it and I'm writing my notes and she went what's that and I went uh, EMP <laughs> <laughs> like it was the most normal thing just, and just then she bit. was like that's a bit stupid isn't it I went yeah it is stupid why is that again it's just some of those things where can't they use the little um, spike grips they put spikes on the floor don't they and it pops the tyres yeah. they actually do use those yeah why not use those yeah I mean that that would probably not take me out of the film as much if they'd used, mm. like, real-world things. So they do that. Yeah. They, they capture Paul Bryan. Uh, yeah, Paul, they do. Paul and then, Bryan's yeah. in the police station. Um, <sighs> yeah. And, and He's kind of being blackmailed by the police at this point because they want him to take down a new bad guy and that'll get his record wiped clean. Is that how it works? I, I think, think so. Like, drugs money seems like a much higher-stakes thing than DVD players, though, so I'm all in favour of that <laughs> DVDs and point. VHS players, yeah. So, um, <laughs> what I like to call DVD combi televisions. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember those? Yes. They were brilliant. Uh, they were brilliant. DVD so, combi TVs. And they always broke the DVD player after like a couple of years. You'd just feel like, oh, it doesn't yeah. fucking work anymore. Never mind. I'll just buy, just a to buy another one. DVD player. Yeah, plug yeah. it in. Um, then we get introduced to Tyrese Gibson's character, Roman, um, who has a strange hobby, which is to do with crashing cars together in a big park. He basically works at the equivalent of a giant real life Hot Wheels set. Yes. So, the, and he doesn't really like Paul Bryan. Mm hmm. He's got beef, and the beef isn't really explained for some time in, in, into the film's runtime. And they end up having a weird yeah. kind of struggle cuddle. Um, they do. They have sort of a tussle, which kind of ends up with them just on the floor while the police officer um, man just stands next to them and watches. Yeah. It. And and this yeah, is this odd. was the, the sort of like a a less well executed uh, version yeah. of the the Ant Man thing. You know, I've given up stealing stuff. What do you want me to do? Yeah. I want you to steal some stuff. Yeah, yeah. And this yeah. is basically. I want. You, I want you to clear my name. Okay. What we're gonna to have to do? We're well, gonna to have to break the law. Um, yeah. You're gonna to have to break the law, and. Uh, I. They, do you know, they, what you, you just done there. That you just made me realize as well that like Ant Man was a Marvel film that was a heist film, yeah. and it is a much better heist film than this film, which is primarily a heist film. Yes. And you're like they're doing like they're juggling all sorts of things in Ant Man. This is only has to do one thing, which is it has to be a heist film with fast cars in, and somehow it still falls short. <laughs> it, yeah, and they the, the plot at this point is revealed to everybody that you know 
there's someone, an inside person who... Yeah, even Mendez's character. Yeah. There's an inside man who's a woman yeah. and she is in with... Uh, what's his name? Is it Verone? Veronen? Veronen? I can't remember his name. Is it Verone? I think it's just Verone. Let's, let's say bad guy of the week. Let's bad call guy it, of the week. Yeah. Because <laughs> he's, yeah, he's not um, that impressive, is he? <laughs> yeah, so Brian, poor Brian and Roman are given a pair of Mitsubishi race cars from the police. Um, Eva Mendes um, is introduced as an undercover cop who's also potentially a double agent. We don't know at this point. And a little bit like Paul Brian was in the first film with yeah. Vin Diesel's character. Um, the duo then have to race to Little Haiti in Miami. Been there, lovely place. Um, and they have to get something out of a glove box and take it back to Verona, bad guy of the week. Um, there's a shot in this bit, James, where the team of racers who all race, obviously, to, to Little Haiti. Yeah. They overtake a white lorry and they do like a switcheroo on the road where like two cars undertake and overtake a lorry at the same time. Yeah. If you watch it back, they do that. That shot happens twice. <laughs> That shot is twice, it, it, it's put in twice in the same chase sequence, and it's about seven seconds apart. That, so it's not even like it's further down the line. They do the shot where they overtake the lorry and then undertake, and then they reverse the shot, and it's the same shot. Oh, God. That, that, well, that'll help the runtime. Uh, there's yeah, there's then, a bit in that chase scene as well where a, a truck kills a car. It does. It runs over that red car, doesn't it? And, and I, assume, guy crushed. I assume the guy's dead. Uh, there's... A lot of implied violence in this film. I'm guessing because mm. they were trying to hit a certain rating. Hundred um, percent, yeah. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. th- there's a lot of stuff that would definitely involve a, a, a death, but you never see the death. No, and, no, you don't. Uh, no. And nothing really happens. And there, are, there is uh, a scene towards the end where they they have the you know a, a good head start on a guy, but instead of shooting him, they just punch and kick him. Uh, you know, it, they it's, do, yeah. it, it's Obviously done to meet a certain rating, but yeah, when, when that when that truck yeah. runs over the guy, everyone just giggles. It's like yeah. they're playing Mario Kart or something. Everyone do they, just giggles. Do they realise as well when they're shouting at each other in the cars? Neither of them can hear the other person. So in effect, they're just talking to themselves the whole time. Like Paul shouts stuff <laughs> like, "Yo, yeah, get him, get him!" You're like. You can't hear you, Paul. He's down the road in another vehicle. But later on, someone must have pointed this out because they pull up together in in two cars outside a building and they're talking to each other on walkie-talkies. Yeah, I remember that bit. Yeah, he's like, it's not enough for him to go, yeah, I got it. He has to get the walkie-talkie out. He fumbles with it and then he goes, yeah, I got it. (laughs) <laughs> Everybody in this chase sequence as well. That's not Paul. That's um, not Brian and, and Roman. They all look like porn extras. They look like they look like men in porn movies in the nineties and noughties. Like they've all got these little mustaches. They're all sort of Hispanic looking, um, quite well built. It's a really strange sequence. It's it, it, um, it's all odd because it's all all of this is done in aid of getting a job with the main bad guy of the week. Yeah, um, and it's kind of, it's run. Do you not find this about the whole movie, especially in the premise, which we'll talk about later? It's like a giant hip-hop video. It's like just one big hip-hop video that just goes on forever. It, it really is, because uh, the, uh, the, the soundtrack on this one is is almost ineffective. It's just their background noise. You, you don't mm. notice it. There's a bit at the beginning where they p- play a song called Too Fast, Too Furious, because I heard the oh, yeah, chorus yeah. over and over and over again, just in case I forgot which film I was... <laughs> Suffering. Um, the, the while whilst they're doing this job, whilst they're playing Mario Kart and killing folk without actually killing folk. Yeah. Uh, back at base, bad guy of the week and Eva Mendes are, are reviewing the uh, files on these people. Yes, they are. And, yeah. and they say they're, they're all they're, the the two main protagonists are, are clean. Well, they're dirty but clean. I, <laughs> yeah, I remember that line. Yeah, I'm just thinking. Oh God, this must this must be where it's like if you are a real villain, it must be so hard because really you have to associate yourselves with villains. Yeah, other bad people. <laughs> so, what I like as well is when they get back to the mansion, um, to um, bad guy of the week's mansion, they um, get offered dinner, and Eva Mendes takes them into the pool. Yeah, and it, if you just pause it for a second, it's like literally two seconds. It looks like they're eating Greg's pasties with salad and grapes. <laughs> like, I definitely saw four or five steak bakes on, is... in a row. Or chicken bakes. Like, that's, that's Greg's. They've got Greg's. Where have they got Greg's from? But it's okay, Jake, because um, they forget about eating. Almost instantly they that they've sat down. Because the do, guy and then... brings out his cigar that they brought him <laughs> yeah. back from, from their, their trip to... And he says that the, the fact that they could 
steal something from a place he owned proves that they can carry something for him. That that's that was what he was hoping yeah. for. He wanted someone who could steal stuff, but in reality, the job isn't stealing stuff. It's just driving stuff. Yeah, the job isn't really that difficult. Like, I mean, all right, to be honest, if you were going to do that job, and we, the job is obviously taking cash from one place to another, you would want to have the most inconspicuous vehicle, inconspicuous person ever are to you, do it. Are you, are you suggesting that maybe if they had, uh, I don't know, a, a truck that yeah. most people assumed was delivering DVD players? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and they can tie it into Vin Diesel's storyline. Um, but yeah, like, my, Natalie, my missus even said, she says, oh, when they pulled up, she went, yeah, they're covert, aren't they? <laughs> like a bright orange, car, a bright yellow car and a bright purple car pulling up at, a, at a, some sort of, like, um, uh, truck park. What's it called? Trailer park. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a lot of strange things. I don't like as well how there's just this constant thing of checking women out and leering at them um i know this is 2003 and i know we've come a long way since then but there's there's no problem with checking someone out like it's fine don't check them out and you, there, you know there's a really long awkward conversation in the film isn't there where he says you're checking her out and he says, i'm not checking her out you're checking her out i know i'm yeah. not checking her out i wouldn't check her out you're checking her out he, aren't you oh, and no. he goes yeah maybe i was checking her out like oh for fuck's sake and then <laughs> and then tyrese gibson keeps barking at them and he keeps going damn and, and he, at one point, he refers to a woman, they go to a bar, and he refers to women as, um, I've got them in my notes, potential. He calls them potential. He's like, yeah, I've got a lot of potential in here. I'm like, oh, Jesus. Yeah. Well, I mean, he, he, he does see, because um, they, they, after they get offered the job, uh, they go back to a garage, don't they? But the garage is well, right next to for, a, a, yeah. a lake. Because the uh, mm, well, the, first the, the cops show up and Tyree shoots the cops, which I thought was great. Roman's actually a better undercover cop than Brian is. Yeah, um, he's he's in it like he's in it so much he believes he's in it that you go, well, he shot the cops. He must be a he must be a bad guy. And then the cops are like, why did you shoot me? And he's like, you're cops. I'm supposed to be undercover. You were going to blow my cover. And I'm like, yeah, you're yeah. right, Roman. Yeah. You're a better cop than Brian ever was. He's a better cop than the, the federal guys are, really, because mm. you know, you know, he he says, "Don't you shot me? I'm a federal agent." Which, understandably, I'd be angry if I was being shot at. But oh yeah, you know, yeah. Uh, it, like you say, it makes sense. He's undercover. Um, exactly, exactly. And they they get followed back to that garage, don't they? They get followed back by some bad guy of the week's goons. And they, that's right. Yeah. They, this was the only bit in the film that genuinely made me laugh. It was when Tyrese Gibson pops his head up at the passenger door and starts squirting the windscreen, thinking, you know, acting like he's cleaning it. And then yeah. he just sets fire to it. And then to sets it. fire to it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I actually put in my notes Roman sets fire to a windscreen, which I thought was really good. Yeah. That, that was that was the highlight of the film. It, folks yeah. who are listening and following along at home, it goes down from hill from here. <laughs> it really does. Um, I I really did. Do you know what? I didn't like Roman at the beginning of this movie. I yeah. thought, oh god, they're doing they're playing up to that stereotypical tough black guy rapper. Um, I've been in prison for three years. And I'm a tough guy, but I'm obviously got a sensitive side. I thought, oh god. And it made it made me feel sick, like it was like a stereotype of them going, we don't really know how to connect with a black audience, yeah. so this is what we've got. Well, the, way <laughs> they, know? the way they show his sensitive side as well is brilliant, because yeah. he sees someone doing a drawing, and he just says, that's some artistic shit. <laughs> and <laughs> I'm like, that's and a compliment, <laughs> is it? Is that how you show and you appreciate something? Yeah, he does. And later on, um, <laughs> Paul Bryan asks him about why he eats so much, and he goes... Doctor told me I got a high metabolism. <laughs> yes. There, there's certain bits in this film that genuinely make me giggle. Um, yeah. And then they're, they decide that they're... Because we've pointed this out several times now, that the cars aren't that inconspicuous. So they decide no. they need new cars. So they're going to race people for their cars. Yeah. And again, two extras who look like they could have been porn stars. Um, they... they yeah, they they race them up and down the street, and um, Paul Bryan plays chicken with one of the guys, yeah. um, going head on with him, and then Bryan wins the cars. Uh, so now they have two new cars. Um, these ones aren't tracked by the feds. Yes, but then they we don't see these new cars until the end of the film. <laughs> after That's right. this, so they they're kept you know out of the film, and I'll be honest with you, when they came back into use, the only yeah. reason the the 
switcheroo at the end worked for me was because they'd kept those cars out of the film so much that I'd forgotten about yeah. them. <laughs> at this yeah, point, no, I, was like, I had I, no yeah, idea. I'd, I'd forgotten about them, but when I saw all those cars come out, I was like, oh, yeah, they've got two cars. Did you like the goons that uh, Verone's men are called, Roberto and Enrique? Yes. And I, I think to myself, I was like, did they just pick Hispanic names out of a hat? Like, <laughs> did they go, these guys have got to be tough guys, Hispanic, what we got? We've got um, Pablo, uh, we've got Enrique, Roberto, uh, Carlos, like, ah, oh, fuck it, any of them will do. Yeah, <laughs> this, is, this is probably the same group of people that decided that the, the main protagonist would be called Brian, who, by the way, in this scene where they're trying to win new cars, is wearing a shirt with his name on it. Is he? <laughs> yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't notice that. His, his, his shirt, I think it's from, like, the garage in the first film, but his shirt Excellent. just has Brian written on it. And I think that's the only link to the first film I could find. Um, so, yeah. I so didn't he, see that. Brian wonderful. has his name on his shirt. It's that's great. It, yeah. And then they go to um, Bad Guy of the Week's club, or a, a club that he... Frequents. God, yeah, I know. Yeah, they go to the club and there's women with nothing on everywhere, and it has to. Do you know, if honest, if you told me Michael Bay had directed this, I wouldn't be surprised. I have got a Michael Bay fact later on, which you're going to enjoy in the five facts (laughs) section. They then meet Detective Whitworth, who is the guy who plays a dirty cop in every film. I think he was in uh, Memento and he was in Batman Begins. Yeah, he just plays the same dirty cop in every movie. Yeah, it's it's, like this scene is unintentionally funny. For all yeah. the wrong reasons. And it's a rip-off, James. It's a rip-off of American Psycho. Oh, gosh, yeah. Because this is what it? happens in American Psycho. He puts the rat in the woman. Yeah. I don't want to talk about it. No. But you know what I mean? But, yeah, they, this, where they just put a, a rat on this guy's chest, put a bucket over it and heat the bucket up. And I'm, yeah. and I'm thinking, this. surely there's better ways of torturing. He then, <laughs> once he's got the guy's attention, threatens that he will do the same thing to the guy's family. I was like, this is, uh, do you have more than one rat or are you just going to make the family watch? <laughs> I, I, the logistics yeah. of this rat's torture are, are mind-boggling. Do you know what? This is like the equivalent of heating, like like heating up a pork dish, but not heating it up enough so that it's got salmonella and then feeding it to somebody. <laughs> <laughs> And then they're looking at your watch and going, oh, in about six hours, that's going to pass through, yeah? yeah. It's just, at this point, it's just sort of mildly irritating for the man having a rat yeah. that wants to escape. Scratching you. Yeah. Um, and then they they leave the club and they go back to the garage again. So they've gone back to this garage for a really short scene of gambling that has absolutely no bearing on the rest of the plot. Nothing no. gets revealed except that... The the little guy who's trying to fix the GPS in the other cars, yes, is quite bad at gambling. Yeah, Jimmy, isn't it? I think. He's yeah, Jimmy. Jimmy's bad at gambling. Uh, Jimmy's trying to win enough money to win the garage, and <laughs> he's not doing very well. <laughs> so he's still the guy who's sort of okay at fixing stuff, but can't really manage to work out how to get this GPS stuff out of the car, which he says earlier in the film can tell. Uh, the FBI or the federal government agency person who's following Paul Bryan at this point, apparently their GPS can tell them whether they're wearing a seatbelt or not. Because wearing seatbelts is a metaphor. I think that was a metaphor, but I, I don't know. It could be true. I, I hope knows? it's true. I hope it's true. They um, So after these pointless scenes, there's a scene where Roberto and Enrique engage uh, Paul Bryan and Roman. Um, uh, Eva Mendes pops in. She gives him a kiss and then she pops off. Don't really understand why that scene happens, but yeah. it's something to do with. I think it's to put doubt in um, Verone's mind about his missus, which then later on comes up because he realizes that she's an undercover agent. Yeah. Um, the team hit the trailer park and they steal all the money out of the wall, yeah. which is going to go to the boat, which the boat is going to take, but they don't know that yet. They think it's going to go on a plane. And then they, they hear sirens <laughs> coming, Jake, at this point. And it's like three or four minutes, and all of a sudden, Paul goes, Oh, it's the cops. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I agree. I heard the sirens way before Paul Bryan did, and I was thinking, shouldn't they be getting a move on, maybe? Um, they go on the I-95, James, in Miami, which all I'm going to say is I've driven on the I-95. Uh, it's a good job it won't rush hour. <laughs> because you've got no chance. It's the worst fucking road in Florida. You just get stuck on it for ages. There's so much traffic on it. Um I- and then I got bored of this police chase, I'll be honest with you. I couldn't follow it because there, there's the police, there's the, the feds. Federal, the federal police and, yeah, uh, the FBI. Uh, then there's and, the, yeah. yeah, and then 
it's flitting between them. And to be honest with you, I couldn't follow it. And then there's, there's this helicopter pilot who sees another helicopter fly over her and goes, what was that? And you think you're in a helicopter. You're probably fairly <laughs> experienced with helicopters. You should yeah. recognise another one flying over you. <laughs> yeah. uh, and then there's a surprise, James. Um, oh, pickup Jake. trucks and cars everywhere. They burst out of the garage, um, which is, to be honest, is probably the, the coolest scene in the movie because it just looks like it took a lot to organise. Yeah. Um, and then... Paul, Brian, Roman are now friends with their captors, Roberto and Enrique. Yeah. Until James, Roman uses the ejector seat from James Bond to eject his his Hispanic <laughs> man out of the car into some sort of Everglade. I I love this scene because I was expecting it to be a, a like a vertical ejector seat like James well, Bond. Yeah. Because he's 100%. in the convertible, so yeah, he's not got a roof. <laughs> so it would make more sense. But no, what happens is somehow the door flies off and he flies out almost like he's been pulled by a parachute i wasn't quite sure exactly the mechanics that got him out of the car but no, it, it was great he ends up in in a lake and probably gets eaten by some sort of mm. animal alligator crocodile i forget um, which one it is verone then takes eva mendes and the cash onto the boat and they go and they leave um therese and paul Bryan then drive after the boat and there's a moment james where tyrese roman says boat car boat car you thinking what I'm thinking, and I'm thinking to myself, that's how they wrote the script. <laughs> yes, yeah, that that probably wasn't even meant to be in the script. That was probably just no. someone doing working out on the side <laughs> of the page. Somebody stood at the side of the road going, "Boat car, because boat car." That would be a good ending. Because yeah, uh, prior to that scene, the the person must have just stopped writing the script because all the characters do is say "bro" to each other. Yeah, <laughs> so much "bro." There's... You're right, actually. There's a bit, yeah. I I totally agree with that. <laughs> after the after the rap bit, um, all the characters start to behave differently to how they behaved in the beginning of the movie. I I found that, and yeah. I thought it was really odd. Um, uh, the, my my second, I, I think the second bit of the film where I giggled was when they used the car to attack the boat. So there's there's a handy ramp that enables the car to drive really quickly and mm. land on the boat, and. Yeah. Uh, my first thought was, great, they've landed on the boat, but bad guy still has a shotgun. Yeah. I mean, they've not really helped themselves. But then, once they shoot the bad guy in the shoulder and Ava Mendes has the shotgun, Tyrese <laughs> turns to him and says, let's get out of here. And I'm thinking he's probably going to cut at that point. But no, they literally just get out of the car that they're in and they're still on the boat in the middle of this lake. <laughs> I like that bit as well. <laughs> So that was it, James. Verone gets bust. Everyone's friends again. Um, the records get expunged and everyone lives happily ever after. I'll be honest with you. I hated the end. I thought it was lazy. It, I thought it, it was. It, it was It was almost like the end of uh, A-Team or Murder, She Wrote, where, they, where it yeah. freezes and they're all giggling. Yeah, it was that that bit with them all in on the side of the lake, on the side of the intercoastal. That was like a moment, like you say, from from um, yeah, from A Team or from Murder She Wrote. What was the one with um, Dick Van Dyke and his son? What was that called? Oh, Diagnosis Murder. Diagnosis Murder. Yeah, yeah. It was just it like was that. Just and so cringy at the end. But at the same time, it's like they just they throw away everything that film's worked for because the whole point of the film was mm. so the guy could get his ankle bracelet removed so he doesn't get tracked anymore, and. <laughs> What does he do when he's had his records cleared? He nicks more money off the federal government in a case involving a drug lord. So he's probably probably pissed off the federal government. He's certainly annoyed a drug lord. That guy, he's not having a fresh start, is he really? He's just more of the same. Oh, yeah, no, definitely. I mean, like you know, once a bad guy, always a bad guy. That's what I say, James. And then there were some Um, terrible, terrible CGI cars going over the credits. Yeah, I I did, honestly. I watched about three minutes of that, and then I turned it off because I wanted to just leave. Yeah. It's it's not better than the first... It's worse, isn't it? It's definitely worse than the first one. I'm sure I've been told on good authority that this film was better than the first one, and it definitely is. It definitely is. I'm so so <coughs> glad I saw the first one first, because oh yeah, if, if I'd seen this one, I'm not sure I could have carried on. I'm not sure it would have done enough to warrant watching them, even though I know that there's eight nine more. 
So it, they must get <laughs> good enough to earn money. I'm but... quite surprised that this one didn't kill the franchise, aren't you? Oh, definitely. Yeah, this is... I mean, th- could you imagine if this film came out now? Yeah. It would I, It would be on sci-fi or something like that. It, it was that yeah. level of, of quality. It wasn't... It wasn't a big budget movie, apart from no, like it, say it all felt the cheap, yeah. didn't it? Yeah. Apart from no, all the, agree with the, you. the big car bits, you know, the, the, where there was lots of cars at the end. Yeah. That felt more sort of high budget, but the rest of it was just like I'm sure the the nitrous effects were done in Microsoft Paint with <laughs> <laughs> they're just painting rainbows next to the windscreen. I just, I I didn't get that bit at all. The every every. Every line of dialogue was cringeworthy. Yeah, it didn't really have a script. Um, The critics' consensus on um, on Rotten Tomatoes, I read this earlier, I thought it was wonderful. It said, beautiful people, beautiful cars, in a movie that will not tax the brain cells. (laughs) That's the problem, though, it does, because all the way through I'm just thinking, why? (laughs) It's crazy, isn't it? All the way um... through. It's just, there's... The bit yeah. where they're searching for Eva Mendes on the boat. Oh, the, the goons, yeah. the two goons. The goons yeah. come out, they search for Eva Mendes. She manages to climb out of a top window in a toilet yeah. and not yeah. get noticed by the scrabbling of clambering or, of getting out. Because at that moment as well, Verona arrives there outside the boat. Yeah. So wouldn't he have seen Eva Mendes on the roof? <laughs> you would have thought so. And then there's this weird bit where the, the goon has got one of them and the other goons got the the other one and they oh, I like pulled, I like that bit. They, they've pulled guns on each other and they're just yeah. yelling at each other. Yeah, for like a lot of testosterone in that sequence. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. bad guy of the week is stood right next to them. I assume watching all of this happen before after like what seems like an age chips in and says, "Guys, calm down." And I, I didn't get it. I just didn't get it. So it taxed my brain cells in that way. There were so yeah. many scenes where I was like. This just doesn't happen or work like that. And this budget, James, just to interrupt you, was seventy-six million dollars. Um, what did they not... spend that on? <laughs> cars, James. They spent it on cars. <laughs> <sighs> I think so. I think. Yeah, I, go on. I think Herbie rides again. Adheres to physics more than this film. <laughs> Definitely. Do you want my five facts? You ready for the five facts? Let's have five facts, Jake. So, Universal Studios had two separate scripts commissioned for this movie. The first script did feature Vin Diesel's character, while the second script did not, in case he decided not to return. So they opted for the lesser of the two scripts, basically, which is why this script is so bad. Uh I think this script, like you said earlier, I think it was one of those things where the studio wanted a sequel very quickly. Yeah. And I... I, Oops, that was my wine glass gone, sorry. Um, There's nothing in it. I firmly believe that Vin Diesel's version, the script with, with Dom in it, would have been the script they'd have put effort into. And I think once they knew they weren't going to get Vin Diesel back... They just came up with any old shit to try and get this off the ground. And I reckon if I know studios the way I know studios, that was just them pushing it as quick as possible to get it through because you can tell that that script did not have a shred of work on it, really. Yeah. I mean, it, it's that the, the previous film is by no means a work of art. <laughs> the previous no, film is no, a I popcorn agree. film. This film, it does feel like when Disney do a film like Aladdin. <clears throat> And yep. Aladdin's really, really cool. And then they do a film like Aladdin 2, which goes straight to video and doesn't even have yeah. Robin Williams in it. This, Agreed. this feels like that. This feels yeah. like um, it was a good a good idea. They couldn't get Vin back, so they, they don't even use his name. They just call him that dude in L.A. and things like that. It's like, <laughs> it's, so the, <laughs> they're obviously just poking fun at the fact that Vin's not there. And I'm assuming, hoping that their franchise can survive without him. Is he back I mean, in the I, third I, one? N- no. The, so the next one is called Tokyo Drift, and apparently, apparently he cameos in it very, very briefly. Ah, um, okay. Uh, the, ca- the Tokyo Drift film is a, a separate film, so it exists in its own world. Uh, none of the other characters are in it. Oh. And I think that 
Paul Bryan and Vin Diesel reunite in, I think, the fourth one. Excellent. Okay, something to look forward to. Sorry, I derailed <coughs> your, your five facts. Well, no, fact, no, it's fine. No, fact about two. That. Fact two. This movie was filming on one side of Cape Florida State Park in Biscayne Key. Um, been there as well. Very nice place. Um, on the other side of the park, <clears throat> Bad Boys 2 was also filming scenes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is it? oh, so this is your Michael Bay related fact. This is Michael Bay. So even though I said that this this film has a Michael Bay vibe to it, don't worry, James. Michael wasn't far. He was oh. on the other side of the park filming Bad Boys 2, which admittedly is a much better film. <laughs> oh, dear. There's not going to be many like comparisons where we can say that about Michael Bay films. Fact three. So much neon light, light neon lighting was used in the films and the cars that the techni- uh, a technical specialist whose expertise in shooting neon on film, had to be kept on set at all times. Is neon particularly difficult to film? I didn't really know that. Well, if they're shooting on film itself, there there was a time where film was balanced for either daylight or artificial light. And what you would have to do if you had... Oh, like the white balance. Right? Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, so the white balance would, would have been for artificial light. For the daytime scenes, because what you would do, you would usually stick with the same film stock all the way through a film. Yeah. And mm. tungsten film in the daylight would look blue. So what they do is they put a warming filter on the lens. So this specialist would have just been choosing the correct warming filter to get it to look the way they expected it to look. I wonder how much you got paid for that. Probably a lot of money. Because yeah. everything, when you talk about film, I imagine filming on film is expensive time consuming it's just it looks amazing though you, yeah. you can tell i mean that's one thing i will give this film it there were scenes in it, it was like yes this does look like it's filmed on film it's not it wasn't cheap in the sense that it was like a straight to video or straight to sci-fi digital thing it mm. you could tell it was a hollywood movie mm-hmm. and it was done no, on film so there were there were definitely bits where i was like yeah i can i can see this has had some love put into it and the fact that you've mentioned that now makes me realize that yeah they did care about at least how it looked uh fact three yeah when brian wins his first race in the film he power slides his car towards the crowd paul walker actually performed this stunt himself uh, and among many other people in this film uh, and the prequel um, as he was a big fan of street racing and actually a really good driver oh that's good to know yeah I like that one. I like that one. Well, like I said last time, I like it when sort of Keanu Reeves and Tom Cruise do their own things, and yeah. so it's good to know that he did that. That's cool. Um, so, fact four: the um, the complex that was used as Verone's mansion with the pool and everything like that uh, during what I like to refer to as the Greg scene. Yes, um, was formerly owned by Sylvester Stallone oh. and was bought out for this movie. Interesting, Interesting isn't it? Yeah. Um, here we go. This is um, fact five. Yep, we're, we're there. Uh, we're at the end. The electrical devices used by the police throughout the film to disable the cars um, is non-existent in reality, and it was simply made up by the creators of this film to add more excitement. <laughs> I don't know if that. <laughs> I don't know if that needs to be stated as a fact, but I really enjoyed it when I first read I it. I love the idea that it was added for more <laughs> excitement. Like a, a so device funny. in a film about cars that drive fast, a device in yeah. that film that makes them drive more slowly or stop, that was there to add excitement. <laughs> it's like it's like we need something dramatic in this film to keep it going. Cars, mm, women. Mm. What about something that we attach to the car that makes it zap and all its electrics go off? That is it. Wait, dude, <laughs> I've just realised these people that wrote this script are probably the same people who came up with the idea in The Last Jedi that starships ran on fuel. Yeah, as opposed to magic. <laughs> it's like, they're going to run out of fuel. Hey, we've never mentioned fuel in any of the other six films. Doesn't matter, they're going to run out of fuel. <laughs> oh, mate, we're going to talk about that at some point. I don't mind when a film has to kind of illustrate something that, as long as it's plot relevant, it, I'm happy with it, you know, but... When they so when they put in an EMP device that attaches to the back of a car that isn't even it doesn't even attach to the the car battery it just attaches somewhere on the car anywhere on the car because um, they they knock it off Paul Bryan's yeah. car and it goes onto a police car and it does the same thing to that and causes a massive it, pile up. But it doesn't work, does it? Because 
you just put just pop the tires pop the tires pop the tires works we know that works because we use that in real life but just in case it wasn't edgy enough jake the the the, the <gasps> things they attach to the cars have three prongs and the guy in the helicopter once he's fired it at the end he has to watch his gun for all the three prongs to activate <laughs> Jesus. Do you know what, though? This is, again, the thing we talked about at the beginning, which is these films, these post-Matrix films, they suffer so much from that thing where they want to be seen as being... There's got to have a science fiction edge to them. Yeah. And they don't. No. They really don't. They did the same thing where they... Um, you remember the film Blade when that came out, just after The Matrix or maybe just before The Matrix? It had it, it had um, some special effects and it was very gothic and it was about vampires and it had the element of that sort of 90s grunge vibe to it and it was all set in nightclubs. Then they did the sequel, which Guillermo del Toro directed, and that was post-Matrix. And probably around the same time as Too Fast, Too Furious. And what they do with that is over-complicated and surreal visual effects that then pull you out of the film. Yeah. It's like, why, why does the character have to do a triple flip jump when he jumps out of a window to the ground? Like like Power Rangers. Why do they have to do a triple flip and then um, a double kick to like, just punch? It doesn't need to be that complicated. And that's the thing that these films do. They yeah. kind of add elements of complication to make themselves feel more down with the current you know current theme my, my favorite got away with that and we've got away from it now yeah it's like for an example right imagine putting two films together that exist in the same franchise in essence you can put x-men one and logan yes next to each other and you can just see how different times are of how we've made these two films like we've made this one we've tried to make it edgy and science fictiony and lens flares and leather outfits and it's got to be science fictiony and it's got to be cool and edgy and it's got to have planes in it and visual effect shots that are stupid then logan it's grungy and it's smoky and it's in a car and it's nasty and it's bloody and we've totally changed the society. And I think that you see that in those kind of films, how they get most. I'm hoping to God these Fast and Furious films get better in the sense of they, they move with the times. Hopefully they do. They should do. Because like you say, there were so many films around that time that fell into that, oh, The Matrix looks cool kind of mm. mentality. My, my favourite one, uh, thankfully I've only, only seen half of it because I stopped myself watching all the way through, uh, is uh, John Travolta's Battlefield Earth. Never seen it. It's it's a film based on a Scientology story. Oh God! <laughs> and the the film itself is ridiculous. It's it's well worth watching just for the bits where John Travolta refers to humans as man animals, because um, he's an alien <laughs> and he just he just talks about the man animals all the time. But also, oh, there's God. bits in the film where they've seen that the Matrix had slow motion bits in it. And they liked those slow motion bits, but the yeah. film was already filmed at this point at a frame rate that wouldn't allow for decent slow motion effects. So they just slowed it down. They slowed it and down it anyway, terrible. and it looked awful. So yeah, that was all based on them going, yeah, the Matrix looks really good. Let's copy that. But they didn't look yeah. into the technique of how it was done. It was just, that was, that was their thing. They, they wanted to make their and film and leave it as is. And it feels with the sequences between the car, with the racing the cars, and they flip between um, sort of the, the the front, you know, the driver and the rear of the car, and down they go down the pedals and into the engine and down to the carburetor. <clears throat> like, all that just seems pointless. It, like save a few bucks, pay the scriptwriter more money. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, I think if the if they had a better script, they wouldn't necessarily have to fill this film with scenes of eyes panning left and right yeah. <laughs> down to the foot on the pedal like you say down to the, the yeah. cgi shot that looks like it wasn't that much more advanced than the cgi used in tron so they used the the, the cgi down the the wiring to, to the <laughs> engine and it looks like a bit from tron it looks like i'm following those those e-cycles all the way down i just that there was there so much that like you say if they'd had a script with a plot or yeah. likable characters that weren't just setting windscreens on fire and being tortured by rat buckets. You know, if they yeah. had more to it than that, then you could get away from a lot of those naff CGI shots. But otherwise, yeah. it's just... All you're left with is a film that's got a very weak script that's trying to be supported by really naff CGI that they couldn't really do properly because they'd wasted all their money on buying all those cars for the end yeah it is do you know what this film feels like it feels like they've paid a lot of money for a good poster 
Yes. And that's it. Yes. Like, the poster's pretty good. And you're like, we'll make a really good poster. What about the film? Meh. <laughs> 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 you know, I, I found a, a review from the Daily Telegraph, James, from 2003. And I had to read this line to you because it's fantastic. Um, it says, this film, in a nutshell... A huge thumping slab of visual cheese. <laughs> thumping slab of visual cheese. I can't talk anymore. I'm sorry. That that is <sighs> is about right. I just yeah. There's there's not a lot you can say about the film that is sort of of benefit to watching. I I can see why because I've been told since we started this that this film's more or less skipped over in canon. It's not really seen as part of the whole franchise apparently yeah. they they sort of mm. ignore it and uh, that that makes a lot of sense yeah, <laughs> having definitely. watched it that makes so definitely. much sense well james um next week we'll be going through the fast and furious tokyo drift my god let's hope that they race better in japan and write scripts better <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> Um, did you have anything for us? I've not got any merchandise this week, but I will endeavour to get some shit merch for next week's um, yeah, next I, week's show. I couldn't, I couldn't find anything. Uh, I know last week I sort of flippantly yelled "fluffy dice," so I'm going to go with car air freshener this time. Nice, that's fine. A nice air freshener. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, right, I think I'm yeah. just going to eat a car air freshener and try and get the bad taste of this film out of my mouth. It's worth telling everybody as well, we now have Instagram as a thanks to our third member of our podcast, Brendan, yes. who has been tirelessly putting in lots of uh, lots of effort into our Instagram and our social media side it's of things amazing. in hope that we can get this podcast out there to more people. So obviously, if you enjoy this podcast, please tell everybody about it, tell your friends, share it, post it, like it, love it. And uh, yeah, we will, uh, if you send us copy, uh, a message on Twitter, uh, we will read it out on the show. We just need to get some more messages in before I can troll through some. Absolutely. And if you like what Bren's doing, because it's awesome, he's good with words and design and stuff. And if you don't like listening to us talk, he at least has some amazing facts that he's putting out there as well. So you get get the benefit of his input too. So definitely yeah. give it a he's, like because he's doing Brendan's awesome. the real artist. We just show up once a while and just talk. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, <sighs> right, James, have a good evening, and I will see you next time. See you next see time. See you guys later. Bye. Take care. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Bye.